and welcome back for the fourth and final time. I don't know how much of this will make it into the podcast, but uh, my name is Manny Elliott. I am your dungeon manager for this wonderful episode of Lesser Evil, and I have with me today Willa Frondel. Say hi, Willa. Hi, Willa. (laughs) (laughs) Cute, cute. Ripping off Dimension 20. Um, Cool. So... We'll do a recap for you. I'm not sure if that will make it into the show because I've done four recaps so far. That's fine. Uh, So last time, you all decided to do a a heist uh, for the Cosmos caster, for the A-cast, and you were able to talk your way into Cosmos Inc., where you quickly played some matchmaker with some employees to get into the labs after Bromine had stolen a security card to open the doors. You all heard a voice from behind a thick door that identified herself as Duma, which you tried to open but were unable to, so left a child there uh, uh, behind a locked door. You then investigated the office of Dr. Lassiter one of the head scientists at Cosmos and found that not only did they have the Athame A-cast, but they had a lot of other sensitive information from Athame that had been given to them by Chester Glick. You discovered that they had succeeded in creating their own caster called the Cosmos Caster, which was being presented for an investor's board at two o'clock or three o'clock, something like that. Uh, You then uh, went to recover the Athame caster, which was in one of the other labs, but were beset by robots. And you fought the robots and dispatched them. And then you went to the investors meeting where you encountered Chester Glick in a different face, the face of a dwarven woman. And they had the Athame caster, which they began to show off. And the president of Cosmos Inc. uh, turned on the videos in the anteroom that you were in to show his investors what the Cosmos caster could do. You all battled with Chester before Wick outed them as a shapeshifter. And then eventually succeeded in getting the caster away from them, but not before summoning various spells and a giant rhino, which caused an untold amount of damage to Cosmos Inc. But you were successful in getting the caster and yourselves out in the commotion. Wick's brother Sam showed up to deal with the aftermath. Um... And I believe you all ruined someone's life. <laughs> the uh, Dr. Lassiter, who was uh, uh, arrested for theft of Athame intellectual property. Which you kindly had us drive by to watch. Yep, yep. You drove by and watched him get arrested as his wife and children uh, sadly uh, could do nothing but watch as their husband and father were was ca- carted off to prison. Uh, you then got an email congratulating you from the mysterious M who had forwarded a thousand marks into your bank accounts and said that uh, you had completed their first mission and 
they would be in touch with subsequent missions, and if you refused, they had video evidence of you breaking into Cosmos uh, to incriminate you all, and that is where you are now. So, uh, just a bit of housekeeping. It's the day after the Cosmos heist occurred on a Friday, so it's Saturday, you have the day off, you've gotten your full rest in, and the housekeeping things are you all leveled up. So would you like to tell everyone what your leveling up entailed? Yes, so I am now at level four. Um, I have some more health. I am now at 31 hit points. And I was going to take more in charisma, but it turns out I maxed out at that. So I took an additional uh, two points to dexterity. Great. And you got a new spell, right? I did. I took prestidigitation because that was the spell that was um, that I had illegally downloaded for useful reasons. And now I can't use that, so I decided to actually take the spell. Cool. Um Pause one second. Prestidigitation is a cantrip. Oh, sorry. It wasn't a new... Oh, I didn't take an additional spell. Yeah. Okay, so I have an additional spell I need to grab, too, but I also have um, another Do you cantrip. get an, an extra cantrip at yes. level four? Okay, yep. cool. Because you only start with two, so you get a third one at level four. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you get another spell. Invisibility. That seems more helpful. Oh, that's smart. That way you can cast it on... Yeah. Oh, hello. I'm getting... Foot kisses. How's it going? From my cat. Yes, not from the DM. <laughs> that's that's a bit of a boundary. Okay. Okay. So Saturday, day off. What does Karen do on a day off? Slash, what would you like to do? Um, I think I probably wake up because I only need four hours of sleep. So I probably get up. I do my makeup. You know, uh, test out some new cosmetics that I found. Um, during my busy work week, maybe on the way home at a pharmacy, and utilize my Rock Pharmaceuticals discount card because I'm part of the family. Awesome. PVS Pharmaceuticals. PVS Pharmaceuticals? Yes. Okay. Uh, it stands for Potentia Verbo Santo, which is power word heal. Okay. Latin. So PVS. Yeah. Did I say CVS Pharmacy? Uh, you said Rockenome Pharmaceuticals. It's oh. PVS Pharmaceuticals pharmaceuticals oh that was just my family's discount because my family's part of the like the rock gnome but right but that's the company oh got it okay cool. yeah so, so pvs PBS. pharmaceuticals is rock gnome pharmaceuticals perfect because um, that would be like i realized that like naming it rock gnome pharmaceuticals would be like naming it human grocery store <laughs> why not um so let's backtrack uh so what does Karen do on her day off? Uh, she wakes up. She probably, uh, after her four hours of sleep, she does her makeup. She probably stopped by PVS Pharmaceuticals on the way home. Uh, got some new stuff to try out. And then I think she probably wants to go out and try to spend some of the money that she earned mysteriously from this uh, benefactor who we don't seem to know who it is. So Yeah, yeah. What are you shopping for? And I, I'll also remind you that uh, later tonight is... Um, the, my meeting. The meeting yes, with Milford okay. Bloggins, which you're not super sure how to find yet. Okay. Actually, pause. Um, you probably will know how to find them, because I realized 
oh, that's from the first episode, and that's when we didn't know what we were doing. So, okay. yes. Yeah, so uh, tonight is your meeting with Billford Bloggins, so you have some time to kill before then. Got some time to kill before I show my signature fashion line. Sounds great. Yeah. What does your signature fashion line look like? So it's all going to be very, like, uh, 90s, like, business attire, but then with, like, a fantasy element to it. So, like... Big, ridiculous shoulder pads, huge bows, uh, stripes, polka dots. Just think like the dress in, um, oh, I don't remember the name of that movie, with Bette Midler, where she owns the business. We'll just scrap all of that. Big business. Yeah, she owns, like, I don't remember what the name of that movie is. Um, just like polka dots and stripes and big bows and big shoulder pads. Uh, skirt suits things like that amazing yeah uh, awesome so what are you shopping for today um, I think I want to check out the uh, fashion warehouse amazing that we found out about from um, what's her name their name nemesis nemesis I believe n-e-m-3 N three N three, S one S yeah something like that, uh, something ridiculous like that. Let me just go to that section of my notes. Also, in true D and D fashion, the D and D cat has fallen asleep on some of my notes. Yeah, yeah, you'll have that. He's just so cute. You hop on your little scooter. Um, are you? I assume you're leaving your. Um, what do they call it? Prototypes for clothes. <laughs> um, mockups. Mockups. Yes, yeah. thank you. Your mockups at home. Definitely. Yeah. And you get on your little scooter, and drive to Fashion Warehouse. It is in Brigitte Cross, which is the business di- district of Rockport. Uh, it, Fashion Warehouse is a large box store uh it has a lot has a large open floor plan uh set and sells quality goods at fair prices Uh, there are two entrances the main entrance is on the east side of the building and opens onto the checkout lanes and the restrooms the second entrance is on the west side of the building and opens onto the customer service area uh, with a secondary restroom and then so I'm assuming you park your little scooter and head in the main entrance. Uh, you go past the cashiers and you see the, that the main floor is organized into men, women, children, shoes, and accessories. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems pretty busy uh, when you enter, but uh, not so busy that you can't find people and talk to things talk to people or find what you're looking for um roll a perception check as you go in well that would be a 19 plus my perception which is only a one so dirty 20 a dirty 20 yeah with a dirty 20 you notice that there are a lot of people especially employees that have um fang and claw tattoos somewhere on their body and the fang and claw logo is a um an f combined with a c 
Okay. Um, like over top of each other, and they both look tribal in nature. They look like they're made out of bone. And so you're seeing that, that uh, tattoo on a lot of the employees. Not everyone have, has them, but a fair amount of them do, like on their biceps or on the inside of their arms. Okay. And Some of them have them on their necks. Fang and Claw, what can remember what that is? Yes, uh, you found this out in one of your previous adventures. Fang and Claw is a street gang that has kind of like rebranded or the front facing um impression is that they are an activist group okay. for um sp- they are uh, specifically for shape changers and oh, primarily it. people who suffer from lycanthropy oh, okay uh however it is also run by the Niuri family who is a crime family. So it is a combination street gang, uh, advocacy group, and organized crime group. Okay. Is Do we know if Chester Glick was a part of Fang and Claw? Um, you don't, actually. Okay. I think that uh, you found uh, some connection between Chester and Fang and Claw. I don't rightly remember. Um but you're not entirely sure. Okay. Um, so, um, as you're walking around, uh, what, what is Karen's eyes drawn to first? Like, I think where does that, she want to go? Um, she looks at the women's clothes and then realizes that they're all probably too big for her and then makes a beeline for the children's clothes and accessories. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, as you're going through, you're noticing that there are... Um, all of these have, like, all of the clothes that you're looking through have some, like, give to them, and they're all, like, very stretchy and okay. everything. And you would know that since this place is run by Fang and Claw, that this fashion warehouse uh, specifically caters to shapeshifters, especially okay. werewolves for the most part. And you are in the children's section noticing that these clothes have a lot of give to them so the idea is that your clothes don't get shredded when you transform okay um but it seems to be pretty it's not the most fashionable clothing that you would ever have it's very there's a lot of like athletic wear and a lot of like regular street wear so a lot of like jeans that will stretch when you change a lot of button-ups very casual clothes um Nothing is name brand because name brands don't cater to shapeshifters. Yeah. Um, so a lot of this is like essentially like shopping at Walmart. Um, but the quality seems to be well made. Um, and if they can, huh? Walmart. (laughs) Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's actually, uh, Blogmart. Yeah. Uh, because it was run by Bilford Bloggins, who you're yes. going to see later tonight. Um, that being said, you are noticing that a lot of these clothes are almost like one-for-one copies of things you would find in like a blog mart or like your go-to clothing stores. Okay. Um, and it looks like they're knockoffs, but of real products that would cater to werewolves. Okay, so... They're kind of doing what Karens are doing only instead of just doing it to make money, they're doing it so that people that change shape have accessible 
options. Exactly. Got it, okay. Um, I will also say that um, you, with that perception check, you see a woman kind of like across the store. Let me see if she has a heritage. Um, you see a woman in a business suit across the store that looks way too um, put together for this place. Like she looks like a high-powered executive or something like that. And she's kind of loitering towards like where the back offices are. Excuse me. And after a moment, um, another woman comes out to kind of like greet her. The first woman has like some... She has a messenger bag over mm -hmm. her shoulder and uh, has um, a headset that she's talking into that is attached to a very fancy-looking uh, smart stone. Or not smart stone, but uh, cell stone. Um, and then she kind of ends the call once the door to one of the back offices open up and a full-ass werewolf walks out. Oh. Um, she is also wearing... Um, Nice clothes, but they're not business clothes. They're a little bit more fashionable, um, but they are working clothes. Um, and if you would like, you can uh, do history checks or insight sure, checks on I either will. of these two women. Let me see which one is better for me. History, insight. Yeah, I think history is going to do it. It's plus two. Ah. <laughs> That's a six. A six. I don't think you you know who the woman in the business suit is necessarily. However, um, this the werewolf woman looks important, and she uh, is kind of flanked by two other burly guards, and uh, so you can assume that she is either like a store manager or the owner of fashion warehouse at some point you're not necessarily sure but you see the two of them they kind of greet each other and um you're a little too far lovers? away huh are they lovers they don't look like lover it looks like a professional um relationship um but you notice they don't go into the werewolf woman's office they head towards the back of the store and they disappear into like the back room like where the okay. stock would the be back rooms. okay um and the two guards that were with them stand outside of the back of the back room okay um i think i'm gonna kind of like do that thing where i'm like shopping around mm -hmm. but i'm gonna be like absolutely looking at things and trying to see if i can like maybe hear anything that's going on back there um, you would have to go into like it's got the big double doors uh, oh, the, like where they keep stock Oh, okay. Like the employee-only kind of um, area. Are there changing rooms anywhere nearby? Yeah, yeah, I think there's some changing rooms nearby. Okay, I'm gonna... Well, hello there. The other D&D cat has joined. Hello. Um, I'm going to go into one of the changing rooms, just grab, like, a quick dress off of the rack, and go to one of the changing rooms, and then I think I'm gonna cast Invisibility on myself. Cool. Yeah. So, do you put the dress on, or do you just take it in to, to make it look like... You know, like... 
as a young and upcoming fashion designer, I don't want to st- actually absolutely yes, I put the dress on. <laughs> okay, so you put it on, cast invisibility on yourself, look in the mirror, realize you can't see anything, and or like I oh, do like right. a pose anyway. Like ooh yes, I look hot, even though there's clearly no reflection. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna. Um, because I'm so short, I'm just going to crawl out from under the door so it looks like I'm still changing. Amazing. And then I'm going to um, make my way towards the doors. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you make your way towards the door. The sort of like burly um, bodyguard type of people that were accompanying the werewolf woman, um, they look, they're wearing like suits. Um, and they're orcish gentlemen. They're very large. And you notice they both have fang and claw tattoos on their necks. Um, so give me a stealth check with advantage to get past them into the... I'm so worried because they can probably smell me. Okay, well that was a nat 20. Oh, yeah. No problem. Um, they are not paying attention. Both of them are, uh arguing about uh, whose turn it is to take mom to bingo night. And uh, while you're doing that, and you're so small, you can go right under their legs and into the room. And... As you go into the room, you see the werewolf woman and the businesswoman kind of going uh, to the back of the storeroom to where, like, the loading dock is. And you see that there is a, a cage to the side of the loading dock that is stocked with wooden crates. And it... Uh, looks locked. The werewolf woman unlocks the padlock and opens the door. And then, uh, how close are you to them right now? Um, I probably want to try to, like, keep my distance and try to, like, be able to, like, keep an eye on them, but, like, I don't want to be close enough that I'd be able to, like, step on something and have them hear, probably. Great. Or that have them hear my, because I recognize that they're werewolves. I don't want them to, like, hear my breathing or anything. Sure. Um, so I think you're probably staying out of earshot, so you're observing, but not... Noticing. Yeah, I can't hear. Um, So, the uh, loading dock opens up, and you see a group of bugbears and orcs. Uh, There's about five of them, and uh, look like pretty tough customers. You notice they all have fang and claw tattoos, but are not wearing fashion warehouse employee um, uniforms. And uh, when the werewolf woman opens up the door, you see that they they begin loading more crates into that locked cage room. And um, the businesswoman kind of looks over uh, and she says something to the werewolf woman and the werewolf woman nods her head and stops one of the, one of, the bugbears that are like carrying this crate and she opens the crate and pulls out a rifle. Um, and she kind of like shows it to her and they together, they like open up the chamber and look inside, make a perception check, uh, as they open that up. Well, (laughs) 
my perception, I think, is only a one. Yeah, so that's an eight. An eight? Yeah, just the way they're standing, you can't see what they're looking at in the chamber of the gun, but they close it up, uh, and she kind of... Uh, nods and uh they have a conversation and the werewolf woman gestures towards the um bugbear to like put it back in the cage and um they part ways uh the werewolf woman kind of stays to oversee um what's so they were going looking on into in the, the chamber of the gun or in the chamber of the gun yeah okay. uh because the um businesswoman was said something and the werewolf woman opened it up to show her what it was and then opened the gun to show her what was inside the gun um but put it back in the crate and now the werewolf woman is kind of directing the movers to get it back in the cage and the businesswoman starts to head back um on her way out if you would like you can give me another insight or perception check to notice anything on her on the way out that's a 19 plus one is going to be cool uh 30 20 which i think it's the same for each insight and perception so mm -hmm. on her bag that uh you noticed it looks like a very designer bag excuse me it's a um like a louis vuitton kind of like shoulder bag or something like that whatever the rockport equivalent of louis vuitton is um, but you notice that it's monogrammed and it has her initials on it and, uh, her in initials are E.T. And, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that when I made this character, but, um, also the bag, uh, she also has a, like, keychain on the bag that has, uh, the Cosmos Inc. logo <gasps> on it. Oh. Um, and I'll say, uh, the other thing with the... Uh, that 20 that you rolled, uh, you know that E.T., her initials are Unike Tumzig, who is the C CTO of Cosmos, Inc. Oh, I remember reading her name before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and her wife was the, the woman who was the main plaintiff in the lawsuit case against Athame. Yeah. Okay, I remember her. And she's meeting... Someone connected to Fang and Claw. You're not sure yeah. who that is okay. necessarily. Because I think this is probably your first time at Fashion Warehouse. It absolutely is. Yeah, I have no idea yeah. who these people are. Um, but you also notice that in a city that has some sort of like anti-shifter sentiments, the fact that this woman is presenting in her hybrid werewolf form is notable. Yeah, that, okay. That definitely feels like a power move for sure. Yeah. So a werewolf in, like, designer uh, fashion. Oh, my goodness. But Unike um, walks out of the, the stockroom. Do you follow her or are you going to stay here? I'm probably going to try to follow behind her and as she, like, pushes the doors open, kind of, like, yeah, skitter out. you can get out. You notice that she goes... Uh, she doesn't come in through the main, or she doesn't leave through the main entrance. She goes in through, like, the west side entrance, like, on the other side of the building that's next to, like, customer service and stuff. And she just heads out. Um, and as you're watching, a, a black car pulls up and she hops inside and, like, goes off. Okay. Um, would I have taken down, um, was it a Misty Moon? I believe so, Misty Moon. Yeah, the, would I have the taken service? down her um, cell stone number? Oh, 
I'll say yeah. I'll okay. say yeah. You guys connected. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like shoot off a text and be like, "Girl, I have tea." Uh, she uh, message messages you back and says, uh, um, "What time of day is this?" Actually, I think it's, it's, we're probably because I probably left it around like nine or ten, so it's probably like noon one okay uh you get a text message that says i just woke up i'm about to prepare for a show if you want to stop by the club we can dish okay um so like after your meeting with billford you can maybe swing by and catch a burlesque show yeah okay sounds good um cool i feel like having her on our side would be good because people in burlesque always get the best intel so for sure for sure yeah her Real name is Cecilia yep. Fan. That's what it was, Cecilia Fan. And she moonlights as burlesque dancer Misty Moon. I do not remember what heritage she was, so we will. I think she had red hair. That's what I remember. Most yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Red hair and like ringlets, and has yep. a very like nineteen fifties glam yeah. era about her. Cool. Um, yeah. So where to next? Okay, so I think after that, I'm going to. Um, I think as I pass by the accessories, I see like a really nice um, belt buckle or something that's got some like gears on it, mm-hmm. and it makes me think of Brevin. Mm. And so I think I'm also going to shoot off a, a message to him. Um, yeah. And I think this is the first time I've contacted him since I ran away, so I think I'm going to message and just be like, "Have a lot going on. Um, can't talk right now. Just want to let you know." I'm thinking of you, and it's not your fault. Yeah, um, you get... So I'm trying to think with the level of technology that we have here. Um, it bounces back. Okay. And it says, uh, text undeliverable. Um, yeah. so... Okay. You blocked my number. Yeah. He either blocked it or changed his phone and just didn't put you in his his phone. But uh, the number you have for Brevin Tinkle Tinker Tinker uh, Tinker Yep. Uh, Brevin Tinker is no longer accurate. Okay. Um. After that, I think after it comes back, I feel like a pain, like a pain. But then also, I get a little bit spicy and i'm like you know what so then i shoot off a text to alistair mm-hmm. and i'm like hey you want to meet up for that coffee um and you get an immediate text back and he says yes name the time and place um so i let's go to i think probably the mark bucks that's like something that's more because we we could just go to the office mark bucks anytime so i think we mm-hmm. probably want to go to one that's like closer to my place um so i think i hop on my scooter and i send off the location um, so that he can adventure quest, map quest. I don't know what would <laughs> it really, yeah. Adventure quest. I like yeah, that. Adventure quest. Adventure it. quest it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get to the Mark Bucks there. Um, this is your, your regular neighborhood Mark Bucks where everyone knows your name. Do you have a favorite bar or bartender barista that works there? Oh, uh, Susan, for sure. Susan. Um, yeah, what kind of person is Susan? Uh, Susan is the, um, the what you would think is like the sweet 
kind of um, not old, but like maybe in her 30s. Mm-hmm. She's probably been a barista for a long time. She could do something else, but she's just like so used to this that she doesn't want to move on. And you would think she'd be super sweet, but she's also just, she's got like a tongue on her. And if anybody ever gives her lips, she's like, we're not doing this today. Probably, um, I can roll for Susan's heritage if we want. Um, yeah, go ahead and roll for Susan's heritage. It's a... D100. D100 and then a D... Oh, just D100? Yeah, just D100. Um, I got a... Z- the... is this... That's a zero. So I got a nine. A nine, okay. A nine. Let's see. Um, if that was Nana, that would have been... Uh, I would have been able to summon Elatoa again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no one has any idea what no, that means. No. <laughs> um, Susan is working uh, today, and uh, what's your favorite color, Willow? Orange. Orange? Yeah. So, um, behind the counter at Mark Bucks, in her little... Um, green apron and visor with the the little siren on it or the little harpy uh, on it um is a a burnt orange like almost the color of pumpkin dragonborn woman she's got little um uh glasses at the end of her snout that she doesn't really need but um she's got like a pierced lip and her hair is in well she doesn't have hair so much as like fronds for lack of a better word mm-hmm. but they're they resemble dreadlocks okay. um and she's got some rings clipped onto them and like uh she's got a couple rings on her horns and everything and um just bangles all down her arm and like a ton of rings on her hands and she waves at you as, she, as you come in she goes karen my darling what is new my love i haven't seen you in forever Oh, you know how it is, Susan. Jobs and having to go to work all the time, and now they're having us do work off, like, away from work projects, you know. You all need to unionize. Um, So we were thinking about doing that, and then um, nobody wants to research how to do it, so... Now, that is fair. We were trying to unionize here, but then, you know, Dave, Mm -hmm. uh, Dave, the, the big... Slightly unhinged gentleman. He just killed the manager, and so he became the new manager. And now we don't need to unionize anymore. It's good to have okay. a Goliath on your side every once in a while. Yeah. Okay, is that is that how it works in Mark Books? You kill the manager, you become the manager? Sometimes, apparently in a lot of ancient Goliath culture, that's the way it works. So he okay. just transferred that over to uh, the workplace and, uh, you know... No body, well, no crime. Well, true, and also cultural sensitivity. They wouldn't want to go against that. So. That's true, but uh, you know, he's uh, he's gotten us health care. He's uh, gotten shorter shifts with better pay. I and look you've at got this. Your piercings in? Yeah, I've got my piercings in. You know, the one above my eye almost closed up. It did, but uh, you know, I get to put him back in. I can sit when I want to. Oh, that's there's a chair back there. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a nice, so, you know, if, um, seize the means of production, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna have to write that down. All right, what can I get for you, doll? Um, I think I'm just gonna go with an Earl Grey. An Earl Grey, okay. So, she takes a, a, a cup, uh, she says, is this for here to go, doll? 
That's for here. I have a gentleman caller, oh, a co-worker, I, but you know. Oh, oh, that's less fun, but can be more, can be fun. Um, and she puts, she takes, um, takes it to the sink and pour, pours uh, the filtered water into yeah. it. And then she uh, puts a little tea bag in there and she just holds it up and breathes fire up under. So it heats the, the, the water. And as it does, you start smelling that, uh the floral sense of the Earl Grey. And she goes, there you go, doll. Ne- oh, Let me know if you best. need a, a, a warm-up. I'll be right here. Oh, look, there's your little fire friend coming in right now. And she kind of points over uh, your shoulder and you see Alistair coming in. Oh, perfect. Hey, Allie, how you doing? I haven't gotten us a seat yet. I just got here. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, no problem, Karen. Um, uh, he is wearing... Um, a very different out get up than you normally see him in. Um, you see that he also has like piercings that he takes out for work. He's got like an eyebrow piercing and a lip piercing and like a septum piercing. Uh, and he's wearing like black leather studded gloves and like um, a denim vest that is cut off at the, at the, uh, the sleeves and has like studs all over it and he has styled his normally like good for work flaming hair into like straight up points and he's got black eyeliner around his eyes and he goes uh, oh yeah I uh, just uh, I just came from band practice <laughs> oh I didn't know you were in a band Al you've never told me that before hey we never had a chance to catch up until now so uh, yeah I also didn't take you for a uh... Whatever this is, it's part of the produ- the whole production. We uh, we actually have a gig tonight. Uh, if you want to swing by uh, the Maidenhead, uh, the Maidenhead is a local bar downtown, the bar and club. Okay, uh, Karen opens her now very busy planner for the evening and sees that there's. Time. It's the same place that Misty Moore is performing. Oh, would you look at that? I do. Or have an, Misty Moon. Sorry. I do have an opening. Like... Yeah, one of our first uh, first gigs. We're we're playing for a, a up and coming uh, burlesque dancer. Oh, nice! Wouldn't happen to be Misty Moon, would it? It would. You know Misty? I do know Misty. She's a great gal. Maybe uh, maybe I'll get the the nerve to talk to her tonight. Who knows? Who knows? Who? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go get a coffee and uh, I'll meet you right here. Okay. Uh, okay. Do you need a bagel or uh, anything? Oh, no, I just got my Earl Grey. All right, so he comes back and he has like a bagel and a muffin and um, a couple of other like uh, little those little packs that have like the nuts and the cheese yeah. and stuff in them. And he says, uh, "Yeah, I uh, didn't have a chance to eat breakfast this morning. Went straight to band practice. Uh, all the guys are, you know, getting jazzed for tonight. Uh, anyway, so uh, what do you play? Me? Yeah. I sing." Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. I sing. Um, and uh, sometimes I'll, I'll play a little guitar, um, sometimes a theremin, but uh, mostly I sing. Mostly sing, yeah. Um, Karen opens her planner to the back where she has written, like, a full-on, like, dating sim journal, and she marks in a heart next to his name because he because <laughs> he likes the theremin. <laughs> he just got infinitely hotter. Um <laughs> 
Mrs. Think like Stardew Valley when you have like when you're like trying to like romance them. There's the hearts that you love of any of the nerds out there. I'm sure you're nerds if you're listening to this, but you know, um, if you play Stardew Valley, there's little hearts that you put next to the people when you um, romance them. So he just got another heart because he likes the theremin. Amazing, yeah. Um, and you guys uh, have a lovely little uh, coffee date. Uh, is there anything you specifically want to? Uh, are are you are you trying to do like a friend date thing, or are you trying to pump him for information? Or I think it's kind of like a friend date, but if information starts to happen, like if if information happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so that she's been teasing him about coffee for weeks now because of all the stuff going on and she figured it was probably time and that also mixed with the fact that brevin's number came back mm-hmm. she was like mm, i'm gonna do a little bit of a confidence boost after that yeah <clears throat> um yeah things are going very well why don't you roll me a just a straight charisma check okay with my charisma which is a plus five uh that's only nine only a nine. Yeah, things are, are going um, a little rocky. Uh, there's a lot of those moments where there's a lot of like uncomfortable dead silence after you found out that he plays the theremin and sings in a, a band and is playing for Misty Moon. That pretty much ended um, the list of like uh, things you have in common. So yep. it's a lot of just like it eventually turns back to work stuff yep. after you guys just kind of like yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of that going on. So, here's the thing. You usually have your hair up in a bun, and now you've got these... How do you get your spikes to stay? Um, I put a little bit of concrete in it. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, my hair's flaming, um, so I, like, mush up some concrete and just smooth it up in there, and then when uh, my the fire on the hair, like, mixes with the concrete, it just stays. It's a bitch to get out. It's like a three-hour process. I was going to say, process. you know how you thought you had psoriasis from the ashes? It might just be the concrete burning up. Oh, that would make more sense. That makes a lot of sense, Karen. You know, this is why we keep you around. I say we, you know, I, I mean, I'm just a temp at I was gonna say, neither of us have any hiring or firing power. No, wish we did. Uh, maybe, maybe one day, you know. Maybe. Uh, I hear that, uh, I heard a rumor that uh, Fiona is retiring at the end of this quarter. So maybe. Can I roll insight on that? Yeah, go ahead and roll insight. Okay. <laughs> that one. Yeah, uh, this is news to you. Um, Fiona's retiring. She's like, this is like the only thing she does. She doesn't have family. She doesn't... I, I don't know. She said, uh, uh, what I heard is like she's uh, kind of sick of the corporate world and her, uh, you know, she's been having some health problems. She wants to retire and move out to the coast. Karen feels so taken aback that Fiona hasn't told her any of this. Yeah. I, are you okay? Karen, is your, is your tea too hot there? Oh, yeah, just um, starting to get a little bit of a headache there, probably because I have tea instead of coffee and I'm used to having coffee. You know how it is. We usually have like three or four cups by now. Um, I just wanted something more fresh. Um, enough about work stuff. Uh you didn't tell me that you are in a band and can actually dress up nice. What's that about? You look I mean, like a working stiff most of the time. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I don't... 
I don't put too much thought into my work wardrobe. I just have the same like five shirts in different colors and the same pair of khakis that I just wear to work. It just, this takes a whole lot of effort in the morning, you know. Uh, you always look so put together and lovely in the mornings. I just don't want to do that for, you know, like minimum wage. That's fair. I have an image to uphold. Uh, <laughs> he kind of like stops and says, uh, so, uh, I feel like there's more to that. Uh, I'm detecting some layers of subtext there, Karen. Anything uh, you oh, want to unburden um, yourself with? Oh, just that I, you know, once you show up really nice uh, and you're, you know, a woman, if you uh, don't show up nice the next day, you get the, oh, you look sick. Oh, you have stubble. Oh, oh yeah. Um, you get misgendered sometimes. Well, not yeah. everybody has that happen, but, um, you know. I mean, it's happened to me before. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Um, roll an insight check. That's a 15. A 15. Um, as he says that, he kind of like stretches and you notice that uh, now that he's not wearing a button up, which kind of um, hides a lot of his body, um, you can see the outline of a, a binder under his t-shirt. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So he says, uh, uh, I feel that. It's easier for me to just, you know, throw things on and... Uh, not have to think about it. If I'm going to think about it, it's going to be for something I want to, you know, do for the rest of my life, right? That's fair, like, yeah. So is the band thing something, because you just said maybe someday you'll want firing and hiring power. Um, is the band something you want to do? Because I, I also am musically inclined. Are you? Interesting. Uh, what do you play? Do you sing? Um, I do a little of this, a little of that. I um, I like to make some music boxes, and it takes a little bit of music knowledge to do that. Um, but I also huh. do sing on the side, yeah. Oh, interesting. And hey, if I, you ever want to jam sometime, you know. Uh, I take out, like, um, a, one of the little tinkery things that I have, and it's just a little music box, and I wind it up and set it down. Uh, what 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 is it sent? Like, what kind of music is it? Is it just the typical, like... So you would ex sound. it looks like a little box that you would open and like put trinkets in and you would think it would be like something super like cute and ballet-esque and kind of like waltzy and instead it just like you open I um Karen opens it and it's like death metal but on chimes. Uh he kind of like uh his face just kind of drops and he's like he reaches out and slowly closes the lid and slides it across the table to you and says, Karen, I don't, I don't mean to, uh, overstep here, but that was the single coolest moment of my life. That was dope. I think, yeah. Why don't you, you know, are you doing anything next weekend? You want to come jam with us? Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe, um, I, she checks her um planner and notices that she's actually at the end of her planner and she hasn't picked a new one up yet i i don't know if i'm free so i will let you know all right hey you know where to find me <laughs> uh and he looks at his uh watch and goes oh shit i gotta go we have a uh, uh, jam session number two before we uh, head to the gig so uh, i'm actually supposed to pick up some pizza for the guys and then head back so uh i gotta run but this was great we should do it again yeah perfect uh also i, I just like slide the box and uh, you can keep it um hey. break a leg 
thank you. Uh, and he takes it and puts it in his jacket uh, pocket and just kind of gives you finger guns and says, see you around, Karen. Um, as he uh, heads out, uh, give me uh, another perception check. I am not a perceptive. Okay, um... It's another eight. I am not a perceptive person. Yeah, uh, he just heads out, um, and then you hear a voice behind you that says, uh, uh, Right, love, so um, what was that all about? And you turn around, and there is a person sitting at the table next to you, and all you see is just a newspaper that they're holding up in front of their face. You do recognize the voice, though, as Henry Makovich, your fence. Ah. Uh, um. Oh, goodness. Would, would Karen have her accent with Henry? Do you think... How much of, of your story do you think he knows? I think he probably knows a lot. I think yeah. he... Like, I think he probably did a lot of digging, so... Yeah. I actually think he's probably from, like, your hometown. Yeah. Um, and, like... Oof to Jesus there, Henry. I... Right. Hey, you know you can't pull one over on old Henry. So, uh, you all ready for tonight, yeah? Oh, you, you know about that? I'm the one that set it up, love. Did you get the address? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I got some flowers. Um, oh, yeah. you didn't... You didn't put the flowers under the UV light. You were supposed to... Hold on. And he takes a notebook out and um, jots down on it, and he says, uh, so here's the guy's address. It was right there in the flowers. All you had to do was open up one of the primroses and shine a UV light on it and it took you to the location of a safety deposit box downtown where you would get a key from the second floor toilet and open up the box and it would it, it was right there. Uh, you know, I don't know how you missed it, love. You could have just texted me. That's you know I don't have no phone, Karen. You could buy a burner. Why would I do? That's how they, they you know they put tracking devices in those phones, don't you? In the in the burner phones? In all the phones. You know, the, the Dark Lord sees all, except for those of us in the shadow. Okay, then. Um, yeah, I will definitely go to this address. Do you know, what is the, do I need to be like 15 minutes early? Uh, I will be a little bit early. I mean, he's an eccentric millionaire. He might be asleep when you get there, but... Uh, oh, this is like his house. This is his house, yeah. And you want to go in through the servants' quarters uh, and okay. uh, go up to the third floor study. I'm gonna rob this man. I mean, that's how I set it up, like. He knows you're coming. You just have to avoid the staff because they don't know you're coming. Okay, uh, well, I will go ahead and get to that, um, thanks. Yeah, uh, you got anything for me this time? Uh, anything you want me to, uh, and he winks at you and he says, move for you. Um, yeah, I'll, can I roll to see if I would have prepared something? Yeah, go ahead and roll. Just a straight luck check. Eleven. Eleven? Yeah. What'd you prepare for him? Um, I probably, there was probably like a toy that, or like, 
maybe like a compact with a mirror that just hit the markets and uh, Karen took it apart to figure out how to remake it and now is like pushing a few of those out with her logo instead of mm. the main logo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you take it and uh, what's, what's your logo look like? So I think it's probably just her, uh, it's like her um, music brooch that she has, mm. except for instead of her family crest, she like has altered it a little bit. So it's got like, um, like instead of the gears, there's like a lipstick and then um, maybe like a brush and then like a clothing in one of the areas. So it looks like a crest, but instead of like with their family stuff in it, it's like cosmetics and clothing. Great. Yeah, he takes it and he looks at it and he whistles and he says, Roy, that's some real fine craftsmanship, Karen. The folks at Mary Fay will be uh, quite jealous that these will start appearing up at the, the local gas stations and what have you. Oh yeah, you know, um, it's kind of my, my whole thing. I make things. Yeah. Um, so we'll say that the compact was a, um, a magical compact that M the Mary Faye Cosmetics had recently started making, where when you look into it, it tells you what you need uh, yeah, to yep. put your face together. Um, and it's like, oh, today your, your eyes are looking a little... Um, the bags under your eyes are looking a little bit better, so you need this it's concealer. It's a Mary Faye concealer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were able to successfully like replicate that. Um, and now Henry can get those into like, I think that what he does is get them into like budget places, it's like kind dollar of, stores like and stuff. Lifting, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, eventually like you kind of saturate the market with yeah. it. So then nobody like the store sells them, even though they don't really know what product they are. We don't end up getting the money back for some of them, but they... It's like getting my logo out there. So mm -hmm. when I finally drop the line, yeah, people will be like, oh, this is what this was. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, all right, now um, if you will uh, pardon me. And he gets up and says, just, just look that way. Okay. And then I just like look out the window. And he steps into the shadows and just disappears. <laughs> oh my God, that guy is crazy. Yeah. Um, so we'll say that um, this is, uh, you know, taking most of the afternoon. It's yeah. like sunset is happening around now. If there's anything else you want to do um, with the rest of your day, you can, or we can go straight to Bilford Bloggins. I think that that was probably all that I had planned for the day. I think that um, Karen goes back home. Oh, she probably... Um, Goes back home to talk with Petey and the gals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You go up on top of the roof of your building. Do you live in an apartment building? Yes. Yeah, you go up on... I have that, that like, apartment building that has the, like, the um, roof access that I shouldn't be using for my own stuff, but I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Petey and the girls have, like, a little nest up there that I think that you've helped them create. And yeah. Petey is... Uh, He's up there and he just kind of sticks his head out and says, Oh my god, Petey, how you doing? Oh, it's been rough, Karen. Oh, it's been He's a rough couple drinking. days. I haven't had a drink in... And he pulls up his little pigeon leg and there's you see watch. there's a little watch there. And he goes, it's going on 72 hours, Karen. Oh my, I'm so proud of you. Look at you. I told you you could do it. Um, as you say, look at you, he like shuffles up to his feet and 
you know those pigeons that have been through some shit that have been like caught in a like a windstorm it's like one of those he's got like feathers all uh fluffed up everywhere um you know one eye is just kind of twitching um and he's like preening the same spot under his wing that's now almost bald and he says uh well uh, you know they, they say the first uh the first week is the rough one and uh you know i'm 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 i'm, I'm, I'm almost i'm almost there hopefully you know the girls will come home that's that's what we're doing um uh, yeah. Where did they did they go out to go get some food? No, it? they left. Uh, they oh. presented me with an ultimatum, and what well, with the eggs on the way, you know, they 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 thought it would be best if we uh, if uh, uh, the dad wasn't a drunk. So uh, oh, you know, no. and uh, yeah, you better be careful, or they're gonna go over to Todd's. If look, Karen, if they go over to Todd's, I'm going to jump off this roof. And not fly. I'm just going to jump straight off. I don't think that they would, but, you know, I'm very proud of you that you're stopping, and it's better late than never, but I'm, you're probably going to have to give him some time to come around. Just show him how well you're doing. I'm, I, well, if you could put in a good word for me, Karen, that'd, do, that'd really go a long way. I'm trying. I, I really want to be a good role model for the little eggs. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going to be a father, Petey. It feels like just yesterday you were a hatchling. Yeah, it was just yesterday. No, it wasn't. My time, my sense of time, Karen. I just, I can't keep one day sh- straight. Uh, but uh, thank you. Uh, oh, I'm also, excited. I've got, uh, I've got something else for you. Um, so she goes over and she like takes some of her coins that she that she has and she like puts them into his like carrying slot because he's a pigeon of carrying. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. So, um, instead of carrier pigeons, we have pigeons of carrying, so they are like a bag of holding, except for they, like, <laughs> under their wing, there's just a demi-plane. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> so you just shove some money into a bird. Yep. Like He's... a piggy bank. <laughs> do you use him as a piggy bank? I do. He's my bank. Oh, my God. So, you don't have an actual bank account. No. Petey holds all of my money. <laughs> Uh, amazing. And he goes, oh, Karen, that's, uh, oh, your hands are cold. He <laughs> says, uh, you know, I'm getting, uh, uh, you, you're doing, do, seem to be doing well. I uh, recently got a deposit of a thousand marks the other day. Yeah, uh, we did a good job doing something I didn't know we were getting graded for, so. Oh, well. I hope I get a thousand marks for quitting the drink. Are you saying you need money, Petey? I mean, you know, I went from a three-income household to a no-income household. It's expensive to detox. Was it, um, so here's the thing, Petey. I totally feel for you. Um, you live for free on the roof. Right. And you eat what I put out for you and or whatever trash you find in the street. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's and also, the, long and short of it. the girls don't work either. Yeah. So, I think you just went from a no-income household to a no-income household. Well, you see, here's the thing, Karen. Um, I've been deep with the Vitari clan. You know, the, the mobsters. I, I, uh, 
you know, I've been pulling some jobs for them and uh, got a little in over my head. I, I'm also addicted to gambling. I don't know if you knew that about me. And why well, apparently it's only when I drink. I go into uh, I go into these blackouts and then I just think I'm great at poker, but I'm not good. I don't even have hands, Karen. I can't hold the cards. I just lay them on the table. And it's hard to bluff when people can see your hands. So I'm in uh, to the tune of about 50,000 marks to uh, the, the Vitari family. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's... These are the people that we just helped, right? Like um, we just saved the, the main... Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, you know, I let me take care of it. If you promise to never touch a drop of alcohol again... I will see what we can do about your debt. I will promise I will not touch a drop of alcohol today. And you know what they say, Karen, one day at a time. Well, and every day is today. That's what my sponsor tells me. Every, every day is today, only today is tomorrow and tomorrow is yesterday. Karen, Karen, you are simply going to have to stop yelling, all right? <laughs> My head is pounding. Okay, um, so I also I go over and I like turn on the little hose so there's some fresh water in the bird bath and then I um I have like a bag of popcorn that I lay out for them. Mm. So I just like spread some out on the roof. Here's some food and water. Um you know, I can leave the window cracked if you need to come inside for some air. I know you can have hot flashes when you're detoxing, so oh, I I do you know pigeons aren't supposed to sweat, Karen. But look at me. Just look at me, Karen. Just soaked. (laughs) Just soaked. It's like, I don't even understand how it's happening. Maybe you're you're actually a human, Petey. Karen. Karen, I may be a drunk and a gambler, and I may not have anything to offer my eggs. But even I know that humans aren't real. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They are absolutely mythical creatures. That's true. All right. I'm going to go eat some popcorn and try not to drown myself in the bird bath this time. That sounds great. Uh, do I need to pour some out? Does it need to be more shallow or are you just... Uh, it could be a little shallow. Okay, I'm going to pour some of the water out so that he doesn't drown. <laughs> Um, also, I would like to know, and for the audience, um, how does the deposit situation work? Because I've just been putting money in him. Does, like, a random other carrier pigeon just, like, vomit some money into, <laughs> into Petey? So, um, for your Athame check... Yeah. You actually get a, you're like, you get a paper check for yeah, and it. Then so I you have to take it. it to the bank and cash it and then shove the, the marks in But him. then for the thousand... You don't know. Okay, so somebody knows that PD is my bank, which is great. They know mm-hmm. everything else about me. Why not that too? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. So. so M apparently has some way to make direct deposits into PD. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna go get ready and get my um my mockups to take to Bilford Bloggins' house through the servants' quarters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, after taking care of PD and helping him get his life back together. (laughs) You collect your things uh, in a big, big garment bag and throw it on the back of your scooter and you find the address. And the address is 
almost outside of town. It is far to the south in the wine country. Okay. There's a location involved. Okay, so after helping PD get his life together a little bit, you go back inside and start putting your things together. You throw your mock-ups into a big garment bag, throw it on the back of your scooter, and head out to the address that Henry had given to you. And it's a pretty good ride, especially via scooter. It's about two hours out at the very edge of Rockport in a location called Greenreach. Greenreach is the southernmost district of Rockport and contains the breadbasket for New Morgia, so it's a lot of farmland. It also um, contains the wine country okay. that uh, you know Rockport is kind of known for its wine and its fertile soils in the wine. So you head out there and you drive off the main road um, and drive out. The sun has set at this point and the stars are out. And after about 15, 20 more minutes of driving in the wine country, you start to see a large manor. Uh, there are vineyards in the back and tons of greenery around. Gorgeous. It is on um, a little cliff that overlooks Lake Lashtai. Um, or like the southern parts of Lake Lashtai. And it is a stone's throw from the entrance to Jarka, where you're from. So a little close for comfort as you see the canyon open up. And on uh, the other side yeah. of the canyon is the wine country and this house. But uh, you park your little scooter and you can approach the mansion. The villa, as it were. And... Before you is a charming little house, a lot of like natural stone colors. Uh, it's got like the um, like the adobe walls and the mm -hmm. like red shingles, and there is a terrace outside that has vines crawling up on it, and you can see grapes hanging from those. In addition to the vineyards in the back, the front. Um, <clears throat> doors, there's a giant fountain uh, with a statue of a halfling man in the middle of it that you know to be Bilford Bloggins. Uh, this portly uh, man with uh, a little beard wearing a seersucker suit. He kind of looks like KFC, uh, okay, the colonel. Okay. And um, you notice that there are cameras around. Um, so it is up to you to kind of sneak around to the servant's entrance and okay. get inside. Cool. Um, how many uses of invisibility do I have in a day? Let's see. I think you have two or three. I depending have, on what the spell slots are. I think I have three. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think I might do that just to kind of avoid without having to like because my stealth is my dexterity. Well, I guess my dexterity is now a plus two, so it's a little bit better, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just going to do the invisibility. Great. Um, so you cast invisibility on yourself. Go ahead and give me a stealth check with advantage. 
Stealth check with advantage. I'm gonna switch to my, actually I'm gonna switch to my orange and pink dice. That's a 19 plus two, 21. 21. With a 21, you're able to cast invisibility and you're a ghost in the night. Um, this place is lit, so you can still have to stick to the shadows, otherwise you would cast a shadow in yeah. the light. Um, and as you're walking around, you're noticing that there are a lot of armed security guards, like giant go um, hobgoblin, nope, excuse me. As you're sneaking around, you're noticing that this man has a ton of security. Security cameras, there are armed security guards, large orcish and goliath and fearbolg men and women and non-binary people prowling the grounds. But you notice that they have a very clear-cut path. And so it's like one of those video games where you wait for them to turn the corner and then you walk behind them and eventually find your way towards the back of the house where um, a little gnome woman is uh, taking out the garbage. She's wearing like a, a chef's uniform, uh, like, like she's cleaning up after dinner. And... Uh, she comes out and tosses the, the trash into the dumpster behind the house and uh, goes back into the house, but you notice that she doesn't shut the door all the way. Okay. She leaves it a little ajar. Um, I'm, I'll probably utilize that because that's the entrance I'm supposed to be going into, right? Mm -hmm. um, you uh, go in there and you shut the door and you see... I think I'm going to leave it ajar. So she's still... So that she doesn't... Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you go in, leave it ajar, and inside is a massive kitchen. Industrial kitchen, spick and span. You could eat off the floor. And this woman is putting a, a glass of brandy and a large cigar into a dumb waiter. And um, she closes the door and pushes the button so it starts to rise and then she turns and looks around uh, the kitchen and walks out. Okay. Um, am I supposed to ride up the dumbwaiter? You can. Uh, uh, make an insight check. Okay. That's another 19. Yeah. Um, you, so it, based off of what you're seeing, it seems like dinner has been completed and that she is sending up like a nightcap or okay. something to someone uh, up there um you do know that billford is has a lot of children but uh, does not live with them uh they all have rooms in the manor but they no one he lives alone yep. with a massive staff essentially he likes his space so he's probably the only one in the house right now other than servants okay um i think i'm gonna go over to the dumb waiter and um see if i can press the button to stop it from going all the way up and then i'm going you as you push the button to stop it it had already stopped it okay. like just rose like just out of eye shot um so you can call it back down yeah i'll call it back down yeah uh i'll say with that insight check it seems like this woman like, she intentionally didn't send it all the way up. Okay. And as you're kind of, like, going around, you're noticing that a lot of her movements were telegraphed. Yeah. 
Like she very clearly took stuff out and put it in the dumb waiter to, and it was almost like she was showing you how to use it. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, I will get in the dumb waiter and like hold his glass of wine and his cigar, and then also my garment, and then I will close it. Uh, I, but before I close it, I'll cast um, unseen servant to press the button. Oh, smart! So then I'll close the dumb waiter. Great. Um, and you, it begins to rise, and after a few moments. You see the the floors rise above you, and then after a few moments, you empty out onto a study. A giant wingback chair uh, with its back facing you in front of an ornate walnut desk. There's a roaring fire in the fireplace. Bookshelves line the wall, globes. A lot of very fancy rich people things in here. You actually see a stuffed phoenix in a um, glass case, um, stuffed as in taxidermy, which yeah. is hard to do to a phoenix because they famously do not die. So <laughs> this phoenix may still be living, but still oh. stuffed. Um, but the door stops, or the dumbwaiter stops, and the door doesn't open but there is a there is a way to, you can open it from the inside um can i roll for perception to see if i hear anybody in the room yeah roll for perception that one that one you don't hear anything okay um can i look at the instructions that i was given uh it just said to meet in the third floor st uh, study did i see three floors go mm -hmm. by okay um, I, I think I'm going to like crack it and kind of peek out the bottom. Yeah. Make a dexterity saving throw for me. Uh, that's an 11. An 11. Uh, with an 11, you hear a gunshot and a, an ornate vase, uh, right beside the dumbwaiter explodes. Um, but, uh, does not, the bullet does not hit you as, uh, you are invisible. And you hear a voice that says, uh, I'm gonna need you to come on out now. Come on. I got a whole chamber full of these babies. And you hear a gun being cocked. I open the door. Uh, and he says, uh, Now, if my eyes don't deceive me, you are either some sort of ghost, and I do not believe in ghosts, or you are suffering from some sort of invisibility spell. I am going to need you to drop that before we move um, on in our negotiations. I'm going to stand up with the garment and the cigarette, the cigar and the... Or just floating in air yeah. <laughs> from and, his and perspective. Then, and then I'm going to like fix myself and then drop the invisibility. Uh, hi there. Well, hello. My name is Billford Bloggins, but I suppose you know that. Why don't you come sit next to the fire with me? Oh, all right. Um, were you expecting someone else? I just wasn't expecting gunshot. I'll, I have your cigar and wine, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, won't you grab a, a glass from my, my hutch over there and get yourself a glass? Uh, we have a full bar here, if you would care to. Um, Karen goes and grabs some seltzer water. And he says, now, we have a business proposition to discuss, Miss uh, McCracken, or is it Miss Binkle? 
Oh, okay, so you knew that. All right. Um, I make it my business to know things. Which uh, would you prefer? I pref- well, since you already know, we can go by uh, Binkle, but um, outside of these walls, I would prefer uh, McCracken. You have my word, Miss McCracken. Very well. Now, I am sorry to startle you. I just had to make sure. There have been many attempts on my life over the years, and I have had a very long life. And as you're looking, um, for the first time, you're kind of taking this man in. uh, Short, round, halfling man um, who looks very old. Uh, He has liver spots on his hands, a bald head, um, a little... um, beard and mustache that at one point were probably very fetching but have since gone more salt than pepper yeah um and uh big big bushy eyebrows and uh the the white seersucker suit with a little bow tie on it and he says uh so uh, I, you never can be too sure so i always like to g- greet guests by uh a little bit of my thunder stick, so to speak, just to, to make sure that everyone knows where where they are and okay, where they yeah, stand. Just, just a little bit as a treat. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Just a little bit as a treat. Now, uh, you have something to show me. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So I brought a couple of my mock-ups um, to show you. Uh, I have a couple of business suits for... Um, that are conversion suits. So they start out as a skirt suit and then you can zip them together and turn them inside out. They turn into an evening gown for those who don't have time to change before going to a party after work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a um, similar design that changes into a track suit for if you need to go to the gym after work. As well as a couple of different um, gaffes for those of your uh, customer base who are in transition. Um, I know that I noticed that you guys don't really have that much of a line, but you do have a lot of a customer base that would enjoy and benefit from that. You see, he takes a leather. Um, you see, he takes a leather file folder from the drawer in the end table that he's sitting in, and he opens it and jots down some notes and closes it, and he says, "Well, Miss McCracken." Uh, Give me either persuasion or performance. Which one is better? Okay. All right. That is going to be... Okay. Um, that's going to be a... 15. 15. He looks and says... Uh, well, I do believe this line has some promise. I'm very interested. We at uh, Blogmart, we do pride ourselves on being at uh, the cutting edge of social norms and what have you. And so I am very interested in what you're selling. Um, I am... You see, Miss, Miss McCracken, I will be very blunt with you. I'll cut right to the chase. I'm a very wealthy man, you see, and I don't necessarily require your business, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better phrase. I would be just fine without it. However, 
there is something that you have or have access to that I find myself in need of. And I think we can come to an arrangement. I like your stuff enough that I would feel comfortable selling it in my stores, but uh, you're going to have to do a little something extra for me. Oh, okay. Uh, what, what do you have in mind? Well, come over here and sit down and let's have a little conversation now. Okay, so I leave the prototypes on the little, like, stands that I have summoned mm -hmm. for them um, and go sit over by him. Yeah, and she he says, uh, Now, Miss McCracken, I don't have too much time. My time is uh, very expensive, and uh, turns out I'm running out of it. What do you know about the aging? Like the, like, time magic that's going on? Indeed. Um, I've been caught in a couple time loops, but other than that, I don't really know much about it. Well, you might be too young to remember during the last war. There started to be an onset of sickness that we called the aging, where people would age up, age down, age backwards. Sometimes parts of their body, even various organs, would age out of sync with the rest of them. Now, it seems I got a little touch of the aging quite a while back, and uh, I don't like it. As, as From what I can tell, the doctors uh, tell me I have the heart of a 5,000-year-old dragon. And now in the body of a 250-year-old halfling, that, you can see, would be a problem. So, and it has begun to take its toll on me. Now, I have a theory. You're familiar with the Dark Lord Morcare, yes? Oh yeah, everybody's heard of Morcare. Everyone, may he reign forever and what have you. Now, these weird aging things started showing up right around the time when he came to power, about a hundred years ago or a little bit before. And, uh, I think that he acquired something from before the dawn of time, so to speak. Do you know about the Song of Creation, Miss McCracken? Oh, yeah. Um, I know. I know it intimately, I would say. Very well. I, I kind of assumed you had a touch of the magic to you. Now... I don't know how much you know about the before times, the uh, ancient history and what have you, but uh, there's a legend that says the gods and the titans came together to use the Song of Creation to create three hallows, one of which was the Sands of Time. Now, I believe that Morcare has somehow acquired these sands, which is gotten us all into this little trouble that we've find ourselves in, and I would desperately like to get my hands on these sands of time, so to speak. Uh, perhaps uh, with them, I may be able to turn the clock back a little bit and uh, give myself a little bit more time. Is that something that you think you'd be able to help me out with, Miss McCracken? Um, I mean, I absolutely could look into it for sure. I've done a couple of jobs for the higher-ups at work, so... Now, you work for Athame, right? And you, you frequent the Dark Tower. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, 
every nine to five. You know how it is. <laughs> I have no, I have never worked a day in my life, Miss McCracken, and I don't intend to now. I don't intend to start. No, sorry. I have people for that. Uh, speaking of people, uh, you are not the first person, uh, ask me, I have approached about this. Uh, my last, shall we call them operative, uh, has been missing for about five years now. Sent a boy in there who was having some problem with his mom, had a similar issue as me. She got a little touch of the aging, and uh, I sent him in there to poke around, and it seems like he did find the sands of time, so to speak, or believed he did, and uh, he never came out. Do you know what his name was? I believe I have it somewhere here. Uh, and he like rifles through his notes and he looks through and says, uh, boy by the name of uh, Harsha Rao was his name. Harsha Rao, okay. Harsha Rao. I can look through the finance records and see if there's any information of him ever being terminated or worse. Now, he didn't work for Athame. Oh. See, he was a kid. Okay. Uh, his mother worked for Athame. She was, um, she was the assistant to uh, that young whippersnapper that took over. Uh, what's his name? More care? No, more care's kid. What? What? Uh, Morick. Morick, okay. the CEO, uh, was his assistant, and uh, Harsha seemed to think that he could use his mother's position as the CEO of the company to get into places that he wasn't supposed to be in. And apparently he succeeded and um, sent me a message saying that he had information for me, but uh, never arrived to procure said information. So I'd like you to pick up where he left off. If you can find out about him, what he found out, the location of these sands of time, I'd greatly appreciate it. And... Um, you know, if you can find the boy, I would I would like to know. I'm not a monster, Miss McCracken. You see, uh, I'd like to know what happened to my boy. But uh, I'd be prepared to get your line in stores as soon as I have these sands. As well as a pretty hefty reward upon completion. All right. Uh, I definitely think I could poke around. Um... Do you have any sort of maybe the last messages he sent so I would know where to go or? Last thing I got from him was saying that he had succeeded in getting a, in swiping Morik's badge, his, his security card, that uh, there were some off limits places that only Morik and the board had access to, and if they were keeping these sands, they would be in those places. Now, I want to warn you, Miss McCracken, that this is an incredibly dangerous assignment I am giving you. These sands, we don't necessarily know the end-all be-all of their powers. We just know that they are an incredibly ancient hallow from before the days of recorded history, said to be touched by the very gods themselves. What's interesting is that the Song of Creation isn't, or at least those who use it, aren't supposed to be able to create magical items. There was a tale of one bard who was able to do that a long, long, long time ago, but everybody just thinks that's a fairy tale. Well, 
Now, I don't know. I'm just telling you the story that I was told when I was knee-high to a grasshopper at my pappy's knee. But, uh, seems like, uh, maybe it's different for the gods. Maybe they can use things to create magical items. Who knows? Um, even if the stories are true. It has long been my suspicion that at least a kernel of truth, a grain of sand, if you will, is true about these hallows, because Mulcair has, in recent memory, been the only person we know of to affect time. That is not a, that is not a uh, power that spellcasters usually achieve. And it is my theory that um, he would only be able to do so. I thought he had like a magical so. watch or something. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe he used the sands to make a magical watch. I don't oh. know. But I do know that uh, they are connected in some way and could be uh, one of the sources of his infinite power. So I want to be very clear. This could lead to a potential downfall of the Dark Lord. And I need to know if you are okay with that, Miss McCracken in the potential of how important is getting your name out to the world when the price to be paid is potential treason. Well, uh, originally the plan was to raise to the Dark Lord's ranks and be on his high, you know, um, be in his high esteem, but if it, this just seems like a faster way to do that, I, there's no guarantee it'll bring him down. So, I mean, I could always- He slaps the table and says, I like the way you think, Miss McCracken. I like a girl with some ambition. Now, uh, like you said, there is no guarantee that this would bring him down, but uh, if one of his favorite trinkets goes missing, you can bet he will be quite cross about it, and I just need to know if you are okay with that. I'm sure I can find someone to pin it on. So it seems like we have a deal. You find me these sands of times, I roll back the clock on my remaining years, and uh, I make you a very wealthy, very famous woman indeed. You have yourself a deal. And he holds out his withered halfling hand to you to shake. And I hold out my hand to shake it. And you shake, and you feel a spell go off. You're not sure what it is, but you feel bound to this man now. And he says, I appreciate magical contracts so much better than, uh, than written contracts. So uh, we have an accord. We have an unbreakable agreement. Uh, I'll be in touch, Miss McCracken. Don't call me, I'll call you. All right, sounds good. Um, can I leave like out the front door or do I have to go back the way that I came in? Do you want to use my portal? Oh, I, that would work so much better, actually. Okay, because you can't. You're going to have to go down the stairs and out the front door. Tell Charlie I said it was okay. Oh, he'll, right. he'll even drive you home. Okay, uh, great. I will do that then. Um, she just kind of like taken aback by his weird humor and then <laughs> like grabs her stuff um, and leaves the 
mock-ups. Mm-hmm. And then... But, like, the garment yeah. bag and stuff like that, yeah. Um, he says, uh, just in case you're wondering, they're all named Charlie. Any of them will do. They'll just tell them I sent you, and they'll they'll get you home. I don't know if they're really named. That's what I call them. That's why their name is Charlie once they start working for me. Okay, uh, is my name Charlie now? That's what I'm going to call you. Sounds great. All All right, right. you have a good night, Charlie. You too. Mr. Bloggins. Mr. Bloggins. All right, it was nice (laughs) talking to you. Um, and on your way out to find one of the Charlies, um, uh, a bugbear, uh, woman, uh, who, um, gets you ready and, like, sends you home, like, drives you home and everything, um, your phone pings and you have two messages. Oh, dear God. Um, one of them is from an unmarked number and he says, uh, that says, uh, this line is secure, um, if you have information for me, um, excuse me, from Billford, okay. assumedly. Um, the other one is from your friend Finn, who says, what do you know about the song of creation? Holy Jesus. Um, I message um, Finn back and I say, um, a lot more than you'd think. And then I message Billford Bloggins back and just say K. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and uh, after a couple hours driving in the country with Charlie, you are you see the lights of the city again, and you are deposited at your home. Um, Which I did not tell them the address to. No. Yeah. No. Um, but she knew exactly where you lived. And Which is great. Which is awesome uh but she pulls up in front of your building and uh rest of the night is yours um i think i go inside grab a quick um grab a garment real quick i i did not drink wine at the strange rich man's house because i was like this i'm not gonna get attacked um and instead i like i I take a shot of the cheap vodka i have at my bar Mm -hmm. and then i um go back down and did, was my scooter like in the trunk of the mm-hmm. okay so I like to get a hop on my scooter in my like fancy gown and scarf attire and like head off towards the nightclub yeah uh, you head off towards the nightclub and have a raucous wild night you see Allie and his band there they're all very punk rockish uh, how playing. hot is Allie while he sings he is exceptionally hot. Like, you don't necessarily know if it's, like, your thing, but, like, people are swooning over him okay. uh, as he as he performs. And he performs very well. Um, and he... The, the music is, like, a very punk rock vibe, and then Misty Moon comes out and is, like, dolled up like a very, like... Almost like sort of a Dita Von Tees yeah. kind of number that like goes with the music and people are throwing marks at her left and right and she leaves with a gi- two giant handfuls of bills. Um, she even like comes up with you and does some flirting with you. Yeah. Um, I put some money in her cleavage. Yeah, she kind of like shakes her giant uh, breasts at you. Um, and amazing time. Uh, after the performance, they kind of like get together and you have drinks uh 
and she says, oh, all right, doll, so, um, oh my God, so you said you had some tea for me. Yeah, so, um, I may or may not have seen your previous employer. Are you talking about Bob? Bob, who runs operations at, at Cosmos? A little higher than that. Oh, Robert, his dad. A little higher than that. I don't know if I've ever met anyone higher than Robert. Uh, I think owner of the company. You're kidding me. Yeah, so no. I saw... Pause. Uh, it's the CTO. Uh, so te- uh, chief technical officer. Oh, see, okay, so not the owner of the company. <laughs> so think owner of the company. Okay. Now think a little bit lower. And now we're just back to Robert again. Okay, so the CTO. Oh my god, you Nike. Oh, where did you see you Nike? She is such a glamorous girl. I love her. Uh, she is an absolute icon. However, I did see her doing some sort of shady dealings at the warehouse. Fashion warehouse. And she kind of stops for a second and she goes, You at the fashion warehouse? I just wanted to find something and all they had was kid clothes that fit me, so I couldn't get anything good there because I'm short. Right, it's just, you know what they do, right? No, what do they do? I mean, it's a show, and she kind of looks over her shoulders and she says, that's a store for shapeshifters. Well, yeah, I mean, as a trans woman, it's not, I just, I kind of feel for people of that inclination. Well, I mean, I understand it's, you know, it's not their, it's not their fault. They were, they're the victims, you know, they're, they're bitten or they were born that way. And it's just, I just don't understand why we have to, why they have to like rub it in our faces and stuff, you know? I mean, I don't think that they're really trying to rub it in our faces so much as just trying to find clothes that fit them. Well, maybe they just, have they tried not shifting? Can you do that? I don't don't know. I don't think they have a choice, dear. I Mm. don't think. Well, you know what? I I just I just worry. I got two little kids at home, you know, and I, I if there's gonna be like werewolves around, and you said they have children's clothes. They're tr- they're they're trying to turn kids into werewolves these days. Um, I think it's that they the ones that are born that way, honey. Well, and what the you're saying that there might be shifters in my kids' schools? I don't know. Probably not. They probably stick to their own schools. I would, I'm assuming if I were in that situation, I would homeschool. Somebody needs to be homeschooled. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like what you're telling me, honey. I don't like this, this idea. So we'll go over that later. We'll come back to the prejudices around that later. But for now. It's not a, it's just a person. It's just a preference, not a prejudice. Well, you know, an apple by any other name would kill your doctor or whatever. Uh, I, (laughs) so. Anywho, I saw her shady dealings with um, some characters from the Clan Fang. Well, now that explain that explains it. If you you're poking around fashion warehouse, that that's where they go. You know about the Niuris, right? That's that's who owns that place. The crime family. That's another reason I don't like shifters, and I don't want them in my neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Um, I the Niuris. Yes, the crime family. Okay. It seemed like they were doing something with some sort of weapons. Well, I wish I could tell you I was surprised, but uh, you know what they say about werewolves. I don't, because I don't associate with them. I just thought you might know. Oh, okay. Well, 
Um, but also, uh, yeah, that uh, Amal- what's her name? Amalthea, the the head of the family now. She's uh, she's been uh, going around uh, city hall and everything, trying to get laws changed so that uh, the, her little, you know, that that you know, uh, protection for the shapeshifters and stuff so they can't get fired and stuff. But, you know, if I had a business, I'm not sure I'd want uh, to hire the shapeshifters. You heard about what happened at Athame, right? No, what happened at Athame? Well, a couple days, a couple days ago, one of the, they found out one of the people, one of the employees was, was a werewolf and, um, she totally freaked out and started changing right in the middle of the office. And she, she attacked that nice lady from the law. You, you, you know about the lawsuit from, uh, for, for Athame? She, uh, just attacked her when they came to serve the papers. Um, can I roll insight on that? You didn't see it happening. Okay. Um, but you did see the the one because you all are or Wick did see the woman uh, Phyllis Vasselhoff come to serve Morick, um, and she's saying that at some point in the day she was attacked by a, a werewolf employee. Do, but do we did we hear about that happening like an actual? Werewolf? Uh, okay, roll a. Um, or is this just like gossip she's telling? Uh, you roll an inside check. Uh, that's gonna be an eight. An eight. Um, you heard a commotion in the office okay. a couple days ago, but you don't know what it was. Um, you do know that security was called. That's right. Okay. Um, but you don't know, like, necessarily the ins and outs of it or anything like that. Okay. Um, uh, so, I didn't see a werewolf and I work there. Oh, you work there? Well, um, well, you wouldn't because that's, uh, you know, they're getting rid of them. And, you know, I say uh, good riddance to bad rubbish. Okay, well, um, any, we'll change subjects from that. Did you, you said you wanted to know about the Song of Creation? Not me, honey. I've never heard of the Song of Creation. It was Finn that texted you. Finn. Chris's character. I thought you said from fan. No. <laughs> which Finn. is, which is, okay. Cecilia fan. Okay, so Finn. Got it. Um, so I need to talk to Finn. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Oh, yes, the little mushroom man. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to change the subject from that because I don't want to deal with the prejudice. As a trans woman and a marginalized group, I just don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, I understand your stance. Um, <laughs> Karen goes to the back of her journal and takes a heart away from <laughs> from Misty. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I had a really good time tonight. I think I'm going to probably go say goodbye to Allie and, um, and head out. Uh, maybe you should say hi. He was saying he might want to say hi to you. You know, you can be very intimidating with how gorgeous you are. Oh, well, thank you very much, doll. I got another set, but, um, you know, uh, maybe I'll say something at the end of the night. All right, sounds good. Um, is he just in the back? 
Oh yeah, he's right. Uh, he's just in the back there, and he's like over in, in another part of the okay. club. You can easily walk up to him. I'm just gonna walk up and be like, "Hey, Ali, you were great." Oh my God, thanks for coming, Karen. Uh, hey, uh, did I see you talking to to Misty over there? Yeah, you know we're um, I would say friends. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, uh, think you could uh, put in a good word for me? Oh, I don't know if I would do anything like that. I don't think you've earned it. What do I gotta do, Karen? What more do I have to do? Do you, do you want me to write a song about you, Karen? Because I would totally write a song about you. I mean, if you want to do that unprompted, that's fine. But um, as for leaving a good mean, word, I may have already done I it's not if you're asking me. Oh, what? Oh, you, oh, uh, great. Uh, can I buy you a drink? No, that's all right. I've got to head out. All right, well. Uh, Early morning, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. not. Really? Well, tomorrow's Sunday. When, still what are you doing tomorrow? Do you, I didn't take you for a church person. Uh, something like that. All right. All right, well, it was, it was good seeing you. Uh, take care. Uh, do, we, are, are we, do we hug? Do we do air kisses? Uh, what uh, kind of friends are we, Karen? I am going to go in for a hug, but then I'm going to grab his hand and kiss it. Cool. And then, Ooh, fancy. Uh, you have yourself a good night. Yeah, um, you don't care. get into too much trouble. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And if you do, take pictures. All right, you know I will. <laughs> take care, Karen. All right, toodaloo. Um, and as you head back home, as you exit the club, um, it's one of those weird lulls in the night where, you know, the next performance is about to start and um, the song changes on the radio or on the... Um, the DJ changes the song out on the dance floor. So there's like a moment of like stillness um, where everyone's like waiting for the next thing to happen. And you step out of the club at that moment and it's shockingly quiet in Rockport at night. And it you get kind of an unsettling feeling and you turn and like look down a corner or look down the street. And again, there's a lull in traffic, so there's no cars on the street. And at the end of the block, there's a figure standing under a street lamp. And it turns towards you, and you see a silver mask. And you see this figure actually lock eyes with you, like, sees you notice it. Um, and then in that moment, you get a kind of chill going up your spine and you kind of shake it off and when you turn around it's no longer there that figure is no longer there oh i gotta stop drinking i only had one jesus <laughs> oh sorry i only had one more care <laughs> amazing and that's where we'll end this session perfect awesome uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Lesser Evil. I've been your dungeon manager, Manny Elliott. Uh, you can find us at Lesser Evil. You can, uh, we'll do all this later. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, Willa, do you have any final words or anything you would like to plug? Oh yeah, um, so my name is Willa Frondel. You can find my uh, dice that I make for Dungeons & Dragons at glitterbombstudios.com. You can follow me on pretty much all the socials at Craftwitch Curios. Um, and there should be a link tree as well with the website that will take you there. So yeah, just look forward to seeing you.